right, we're back. First week in the books. Um, got a new guest, um, one of my family members, and we'll go around. Morgan. I'm back. Morgan's back. First time here, Levi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Jay. Jay it's Bird. me. <laughs> I'm back. I'm Devin. Delmar's in the house. Again. Yep, again. Once again. Yep. Our week has been very terrible with weather. It has been socked in fog, half snowing, half raining, depending on what elevation you are on the mountain. So visibility, fog is terrible. We're on the Clark Fork River, so fog's building on the river. It's stacking on the top of the mountains at the snow levels. It's just, you can't glass. So any going to open areas and trying to pick apart places and glass and break down country, it's very hard to do in that weather. You get little windows and could see. So we just went to timber knocking a lot. I mean, that's, that was my, that's what I did too. Um, but that's the reason why we're just trail hiking around. You're trying to cover ground, find sign, and then get on some fresh sign and try to work topographically into those animals. So we're gonna dive right into some of this stuff. Devin, Devin didn't waste any time. Got his new knife buddy. Oh yeah. You wanna tell your hunting story, bud? Oh yeah. All right, well, had a couple Amish guys, uh, father and son. They were some hikers. We went in a couple different places this week and hiked in a place on Monday and it was the glass and it was a little foggy and couldn't see much. Tuesday, it was the same way. We didn't, weather was bad, couldn't see much up high. And so on Wednesday, finally cleared up and we went up on top of the mountain and we got in some snow. We hiked up about two to three miles. And by the time we got to the top, we was pushed snow about up to our knees. And it was taking us a while to get there because snow was so deep. You know, I'm like, I kept looking at my onyx. I'm like, you're probably breaking the path the whole way. Yo, for yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, looking at my onyx. I'm like, we still got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, that's when I turned around. And I'm like, and they, he kept saying, like, he's man, he goes, there ain't no sign up here. I'm like, nope. So I'm like, we're going to drop off a little bit, get out of this snow. So we dropped off. We finally got into some deer tracks. And sure enough, about 50 yards, we, we jumped them. Two muley does. So we watched them for a minute. So we just kept on dropping, kept on dropping. Well, there was a trail down below. And we was going down a trail, and there's deer tracks everywhere fresh from last night and this, that morning. We just kept following them and as we were going, we, they, they were fresh, we would just look down over the bank, the hill, and we could see, and we'd catch mule deer down there. We would just keep going down the road and we'd walk probably four or five miles down this trail and there was mule deer. We seen probably 20 mule deer and we kept going up, kept going up. I'm like, this buck gotta be in here somewhere. I said, oh, we seen all these doe. I said, there's gotta be a buck in here. All of a sudden, we were just going up the trail, and I happened to look up, and there he was, standing there broadside looking at us. And I'm like, I just turned to my, I just turned, and I said, shoot, shoot, mm -hmm. shoot. And they just kind of looked at me, and they're fumbling around. And I'm like, I, and I look back, the buck's still standing there, and he's 20 yards looking at us, <laughs> broadside wide open. And I'm like, you better shoot. And this buck started, he took like, Two, two hops and I grunted at him to get him to stop and he slowed down and he shot and that buck just jumped backwards and he fell down the hill and he was laying there and he got back up like he was going to get up and I was standing there looking at him and he puts another one in him about blows my eardrum out <laughs> and I'm like oh he goes well I didn't want him to go nowhere we run up and 
We looked at him and I put my hands on him. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's a giant. <laughs> I'm like, this thing is huge. Like, I didn't realize how big it was. And this happened so fast. Yeah, just everything just happened so fast. And they didn't, they had their guns loaded, but they didn't have one in the pipe, which. It's I, good. Yeah, because I don't want to get shot in the back when we're hiking up a trail they trip or fall. And, Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Did the people, did he realize what, what they did or were they, how excited were they? Oh, they were excited. I mean, they looked at us, we was hugging and hooting and hollering and like, I couldn't explain how, like we were just ecstatic. You guys knew about that buck for a long yeah, time. Trail cam. We've had him three on years. a trail cam for three years and then Walker got a nice video of him running through the timber up there in velvet so, and we got to bring him back into camp. That throws the theory of the deer range giant like big distances that buck has not left 100 acres really i mean i bet he ventures out of there but he sticks in that little 100 acre swath i mean honestly we get pictures of him constantly all the time we just yeah because i mean you got him it's in, an archery hunting you spot got him in we, velvet yeah. and during archery season you saw him there and then here yeah. in rifle season for years this has That's been going I mean. on yeah it's kind of neat yeah i think me and walker saw him yeah the one day yeah. he didn't look he never looked that big and it's like, not a small pictures, mule deer yeah. either that like you would not you'd expect him to be up in the peaks and then drop down when the snow gets heavy yeah kind of neat we got him down we got some pictures we did all the picture taken and got to use my new knife josh got me mikey the one that shot it the the father he packed the horns and the head and his son he he was 20 years old he packed he packed the front front shoulder and the hind quarter and we packed four miles out and they done good we stopped a couple times took a couple breaks but that young that young boy he was he was putting her down. He was ahead of us. He just kept on trucking. <laughs> Mike, his dad kept saying, he goes, we got to take a break. It weren't bad. We shot him at 1230, and we was back to a truck at 430. So it was That's it was a pretty good. nice day hunting right yeah, there. Yeah, it was nice. Good pack out. It was nice. We had fun. They enjoyed it. Yeah, that was the second animal killed that week. Um, Logan was able to take a bull elk with his clients the first day of the week, Monday, it was a little hard on everyone's spirits. <laughs> no one saw anything, and it was super foggy and rainy. Logan had a fire week. They were into elk like almost every day, seeing tons of animals. Another Amish group, a father and son, but a little bit older. And they went into a spot that Logan has been hunting pretty hard this year. He's, he's put a lot of time into it. He's got stuff figured out fairly well, he thinks. They climb up onto a glassing knob and uh, they locate 12 cows and he knows that there's probably a bull in that group because he's seen them that same group before or at least lurking on the outside. So they put a stalk on, got within 600 yards and um, got killed the bull, uh, hit him twice, bull on the ground, right off the gate. They packed as much meat out as they could the first trip and then they came in yeah. and got Brock for the next day to um, go help pack out and they actually ran into more elk and a really nice bull had it at um, about 200 yards and was watching it for a little while but the scope was zoomed all the way in and he wasn't able to find it in time before the bull went up over the hill yeah. everybody's guilty of doing it as soon as it's open. as soon as it's time for you to be in the hot seat i mean fumbling around becomes like you're thinking of something totally different yeah. and all of a sudden there's an animal because everybody's searching for stuff and your brain's in another place like i gotta squeeze do this do that i did it about three years ago when we went in to pack out that one boy's bull yeah yep nice. walked right up on a big six point nice about one 
40 yards from us stood up in the middle of the trail it was raining so we all had our scope covers on and we were just hiking never thought we'd see anything now you got to always be ready never quit the hunt that was two kills and an opportunity by wednesday and then jay was the next kill of the week i got a text from you after jay's bull was killed i got a text from walker just a couple hours after that um he had shot a mule deer and um and they were about to pack it out so um that was that would have been the fourth animal that was brought back to camp and that was on wednesday yeah. awesome clients they came out with the right expectations never gave up not one second on the mountain never discouraged at all just kept grinding along with me the first couple days we were after a really nice mule deer buck and saw him out pretty far and chased him for about four hours getting to the ridge that we needed to get on and got socked in blow you know snow blowing sideways and that was pretty much the end of that for the day and decided to really focus on elk the next two days probably glassing for three hours and i spotted a bull at about like 900 yards it was like God was shining yeah. <laughs> a ray of light down at a tough, you know, at the end of a tough week for me. Yep. And he was just there, bedded, sleeping. Didn't you and love that? It was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for, you know, a yeah. better situation where he was. Everything about it was, you know, when we saw him, that bull's dead. We got to get there. He's dead. Yeah. I told my client, Logan, that it's, it's go time. You know, we're going now. And... It took us about 45 minutes. I, what I did was I took a picture of the scenery of where he was, the brush and the shooting rock that I figured that we'd be able to see him off of. And that really helped me get into position looking off onyx and counting trees, singling yeah. out specific um, features. Because when you get over on the other side, it looks exactly. totally different than you'd ever expect. Yeah. You'd yeah. be so far off not knowing, you know, thinking that it's, you know, this spot when you're really a couple hundred yards off in, in a different direction. But we hustled up there, redlining, sweating, hard at our throat, finally get up there. I kind of slowly go up over the knob, start looking. I can see him standing up. He was about 40 yards out, out of his bed. I put my pack down. I turn around to Logan and say, get your gun up here and get on my pack and get steady. And at this point, you know, we're, we're pretty fired up. I'm trying to keep him calm. And he puts his gun down, can't get steady. The bull's just hanging out there feeding, has no idea we have all the time in the world. Tell him to grab his backpack and we kind of smashed the two packs together so he could have a really solid rest. And I told him to stay on him. And you know, felt like an eternity. And he finally gave us a shot after probably 45 seconds, he stepped out into a good opening where we could see his, you know, his whole body broadside. I asked him if he could take him. It was uh, 355. Yep. Perfect. He, he shoots and smokes this thing, I mean, right in the heart. It turns around. I tell him to shoot him again, and he shot it right in the elbow and just took out that leg, and it did a cartwheel backwards and, and piled up, hit, hit a giant pile of brush, and, and then stopped moving. And 
didn't celebrate right away because you never know. Yep. Um, I mean, it looked and sounded like a, a great shot. Just we, coming out of archery season, too. Exactly, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, you just you never know. Um, we treated it like we were stalking in on a bull with our bows, and, and that's what I told him. We took our, our sweet time and yep. slowly got over there, found him piled up, you know, five yards from where he shot him. That's when a little experience at guiding comes in handy yep. for being patient working in no wrong moves yep no wrong moves yeah it, it just takes the slightest wrong thing to happen exactly. and they're out of your life forever look down and see if there's going to be cloud cover come over where you're at so the thermals don't change running every scenario possible that could swap in that distance that you have to travel to the animal yep yeah, yeah i love that part that's i get anxiety and still i, I dude i get ate up with like we did a seven mile stalk so i was like tore down the whole entire time so I, I know that feeling. It's amazing. Could you see eyes on the animal as you were stalking around? No. Um, it was makes it even worse. Yeah, it, it was insanely thick. I mean, it was a struggle just to get up. We, we only needed to get up about 300 yards up on the hill, and it took us 45 minutes. So, so when we got up to the elk, where I was looking, you know, for shot placement, I saw something hanging low, and I thought he hit him low on the first shot, and it was actually, it, he had a chunk of his intestine hanging out the bottom. It was, it was swollen up and, and, and dried out. So yeah, I don't know if he's been shot. It's, it was super low, so I thought he might have been gored or something. But he was he was hurting. Yeah. That's for sure. He didn't have a lick of fat on him at all. Um, but, he, you know, he's up, moving around, acting normal. And then you found two moose paddles. Yeah, well, Logan, Logan. Logan on, on our way to the bull, about 35 yards away from the bull, he found a a nice set of Shiris moose horns, and he was pretty fired up about that. That was awesome. Did you guys pack them out? Yeah. Really? Yep. Right he's going to he's gonna do the Euro mount and then have those, like, hanging below it. You know who impressed me a lot this week? Who's that? Brock. Brock. Brock's been grinding it out, packing a ton of meat. and Enthusiasm. He, yeah, I mean, just full go, happy. And still getting and, it. And just <laughs> getting after it. I mean, he really put out this week. He really did. His um, Walker's client, I was talking to him, and he, he told me, he's like, Brock didn't come off the glass for maybe 10 minutes the entire time they are up there. He was glassing and working his butt off, like really trying to help him out and get it done. Yeah, that makes the difference. Yeah. Helps morale, too. You see somebody just constantly wanting to get after it. Wanting it to happen. And that's, I mean, that's what it takes. Yeah, that's what makes the guide. Optimism. Yep, you get up every morning and... The last five minutes of dark after you get up that day and you hunt all day and you still haven't seen anything on Saturday and it's getting dark and they're like ready to wrap it up. You're like, man, it could still happen. Yep. We found one group of elk and I would like to say that we got to pick on them all week, but we kind of like watched them and they were in a spot that was pure hell to get to. You could look at them. They were in plain view, but they were just hard, hard to get at. And we actually, we went, weather was decent. We finally got a good wind that we could come off the ridge where the animals are at without blowing them out for sure. Because seven miles around Canyon to an animal is heartbreaking. And them not be there, well, we hiked around and they weren't there. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh sign going out. And we watched them for three days, you know what I mean? They were right there. I wish we would have hiked around sooner probably been a different outcome but yeah you never know that never know no yeah we had a rough week we uh we struggled we we seen a lot of game 
We glassed up a grizzly. We were in the Predators this week. Uh, ben, yeah. ben Ben videoed a mountain lion. A few people have been hearing some wolves around, bears. Yeah. I've seen yeah. some wolf tracks. Still game. We're oh, still yeah. killing bulls still and killing. bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still killing. I think we uh, tracked uh, seven lions. I tracked two. So, yeah, let's go. Let's dive in. I wanted to while you were telling your uh, story, Jay, you're about your week. But when you glass an animal up and get to it, and we can all – I'll tell you how I do it. And Levi and I, we kind of – we probably learned ours together. So, I shoot a line with a track line usually in whatever distance that my rangefinder shoots with I, I push the little button on onyx get it yep, as close as possible thing. i look at satellite imagery i try to zoom it far in and like oh there's a little open patch there's the ridge and i try to put a shot line and then i save it that way i know that if i come back at least on that same trajectory even if i have to go a little farther or a little less you can be in you can be in the wheelhouse definitely and i do the same thing as jay does i take a picture every time yep because you get up there and you know you think it's two foot tall brush or something that's over your head six seven foot yeah, brush and then you're looking for pine trees just around you like all right here's the group of three pine trees that i'm actually five feet below where i could actually see right well, even on my uh that second mule deer i got we it was a long way up around to finally get to where it was dead at but but we have to go almost a mile and a half just yeah. around. You learn from searching around in the dark, <laughs> aimlessly, yeah, confused. It yeah, yeah. Then the best thing is when you hear your buddy hoot at you and you can tell you found it or something. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that's I hate that and terrible feeling, especially when you're in the process of hiking to the animal after the shot and you have to go around some bad place and it's getting dark. And this feeling comes over you. Yeah, it's awful, especially if that animal goes into the brush right after the shot or something, and you don't see it die. You start second guessing everything. Just praying, please be there. Maybe we should tell your buck story. No, we don't need to tell that. I think we should. (laughs) No, honestly, you were new to hunting. So Morgan, tell your hunting story from the beginning, and Levi and I are going to chime in and make sure that the truth is traveled on we want all the ups and downs to morgan i can't remember the whole thing one of the days really? I saved your, your first animal that you harvested it was my first hunt ever we hiked back in 14 miles i stayed in a tp tent with josh and levi and his uncle i have a strict rule that before you get married you should spend at least a week in some terrible type of terrain and weather find out what kind of person is they peel away like an onion when we first started the day, it wasn't snowing at all, I don't no, think. No, it wasn't. It was nice yeah. for the first couple hours. And then we got to that big tree in the middle of nowhere. Josh and I were breaking trail for about three miles, <laughs> going through about two to three feet of snow. Yeah. It was one of them snows where you get soaked. It just lays have, on your backpack. I have pictures of it. We put my pack covers on, and there was inches of snow laying on our packs while we were walking. My pack was so heavy, I had no idea what I just got myself into. They warned me the entire time about things that could kill me and grizzlies, wolves, mountain lions. Hypothermia being the most realistic. We set up the teepee right under a giant pine tree and the snow as it was melting would fall on the tent. I didn't get any sleep. I thought every single time the snow would fall that it was a grizzly bear trying to get in the tent. That was a little bit of a rookie mistake by us. (laughs) (laughs) That you couldn't get out of not putting it underneath of it. No, it was so thick in there. Giant timber. It's one thing if you're there four nights and you're seeing tons of animal. We did not see a thing. Or track anything. Or track. It was like dead zone. 
and then we hike out. They are dragging coming out of there. Morgan and my dad. Before I was perfectly fine. I didn't even say I wanted to come out of there because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether it was going to be worse where we were going to go or if it was worse to just stay. So we cut fresh wolf tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and I start howling to them. They start howling back. They just like sounded off around the whole canyon and then started converging down on us. Once we started howling, they were coming. Yep. <laughs> so it got to like an eerie feeling. They I cut right down. And, that. Yep. This dark out, we're walking with headlamps and they're just howling down through the hollows. The reason I was hiking so fast was because of the wolves. Uncle John heard that the restaurant closed for dinner at 10 o'clock and... He was hiking out of there. Remember, he started he was screaming steak. steak the whole way out of the, the woods whole for way like out. the last three miles. He was like walking down the trail, steak. Like in the dark, <laughs> there's just something. It's like anybody <laughs> coming down, steak. <laughs> with, the how- with the wolves in the background howling, howling. It was just, steak. it was ridiculous. <laughs> so we get. I can imagine. They were fired up, dude. We were making all kinds of racket back and stuff. It was cool. So we got out. And then after that, John and I took a break the next day and you two went hunting. You- so John and I went for a ride up all the mountain roads and we got stuck four times in one day. I forgot about that. My anxiety was through the roof. We were stuck on back icy roads covered in snow. I was picking pine boughs off of trees, trying to get unstuck. And if you don't know, Uncle John, then this wouldn't make sense to you, but he had a trekking pole and he was digging out his truck and he decided to fake a heart attack to see how I would do in a panicked situation. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to die. I was about to puke. He grabs his chest, tells me that it's the end. I'm going to have to get out of this situation by myself. And he knows that I'm already nervous about the whole entire thing. We had just had to back the truck up five miles. I have no survival skills whatsoever. And then he laughs. We get down off the mountain. Next day is the final day of the hunt. We have not seen anything for 12 days. It was just socked in fog everywhere we went. At this point, I'm just hoping that something other than myself dies. So I figured last day, might as well go out and give it one last try. Had no intentions of seeing anything, or but I figured I'd been through hell for close to two weeks. I might as well finish out strong. I know this spot very well. So as we're hiking in, Levi's got Levi likes the Levi likes to burn it up in the I'm before a daylight. I'm a point hunter. I get up to where I'm glassing. Yep. As soon as it's you pull there in the morning, Levi's like, I'm bombing to the top of the mountain. I'll see you guys later. So he takes off. Morgan and I are hunting up through there, and she's killing me. We're going slow. I always have just wanted to get to the top, be up there daylight, see what's there. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad because you can blow stuff out or miss a bunch of stuff. Anyways, I knew Josh was coming up behind me, so he took it nice and easy with Morgan. We get up there, and I'm, I'm watching this thing. Nice little buck. And uh, they finally get up there. And the fog socks down right in over top of it. Can't see anything. They were all moving, so we didn't want to make a move on it. And uh, one thing nice about fog is when it lifts, it's like opening up a Christmas present. Oh, yeah. You just never know. And it's For just sure. bedded, like right in the middle of where we're glassing. Perfect view. Can see this thing. No problem. So uh, we look at it, and Morgan wants to shoot it. So Josh and Morgan take off. I said, I'll just stay up there. I can see everything perfect. And, uh, yep. He's going to signal with meat bags if something know, just, happens. If it starts, whatever. And uh, they, would you guys move about 
probably 500 feet elevation. Yeah. Three, 400 yards distance closed on it. Maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah, probably a little more. And uh, they get up to this nice little rock and uh, they get up there, start glassing. You, what, five minutes, four or five minutes, finally right picked them right back up. Yep. Just, I can see the whole thing is pretty sweet. It was hard to glass him because the angle, like we talked about, was yeah, completely different. Yeah, you just different. don't know. And he, we were way above him looking down so you can see everything so good. And then they were, they get set up, backpacks out. Morgan gets on uh, Josh's rifle and uh, the deer stands up in the bed and it's getting ready to move. So it's like, you know, it's got to go. It's a terrible, terrible shot. Oh, it wasn't bad. a bad shot. It's right where you were holding. <laughs> 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 no, honestly, it, you were new to hunting. Yeah, so I mean, there's honestly a first time fumbling. A, we can the whole that was a long shot for a first four, time. Four thirty three. Four thirty three. I I missed the first shot. So he was actually facing towards me the first shot, and it hit brush, and then he turned real quick, and that's okay. why we had to reposition the gun. Um, I had thought he was still standing in the same spot. Well, the deer was facing us when she was looking through the scope, and then when I repositioned her. She got back on the gun, and the buck was walking away, and I went, whoo, like real loud in it to get him to stop, and he turned and looked right back over his shoulder. So she thought that the buck was still facing her. And boom, just dead centers him, drops him. Finally, they get worked over to it, and we went 40 yards maybe, yeah. crawled into a little thicket. Yeah. Morgan was a little bit emotional, I'd say, Morgan. Yeah, I was bawling like a baby. We found it in the dark. All our headlamps were starting to die. Trying to come out this cliffy stuff with headlamps on low power mode. You can see like four feet in front of you. Morgan was still bawling, scared to death of falling down off a cliff. Good that was, I about fell off a rock ledge. <laughs> Levi just looked back and said, don't fall, whatever you do, this is very steep. And I started going and the antlers got caught on brush and flung me right over and I pulled every muscle from my pinky clear to my toes, trying to stay up. I did fall off a cliff. I slid like a, I fell and like rolled onto my side and, and like down off slid, couldn't get any traction because I had to like roll over and you have a pack with meat and everything. Yeah. So it makes like a, you you can't roll over. You can't get your feet to the ground the best. Yeah, <laughs> and had a gun strapped on the meat and slid off like a little cliff, powed into the brush and blowing rocks, broke the, stock the pistol grip on my stock the carbon stock and then at the night force top of the scope you know, never knocked zero off it was definitely sketchy yeah, it wasn't thick we, brush we it was rock five ledges. foot lock, rock ledges yeah you know you have a path about as wide as your foot you're trying to hug the wall yeah jay you got any good stories about family hunts that went terrible i got some nasty pack outs you know luckily you know, the last few years I've been horse hunting. Yeah. So if I can get, get there, I can get a freaking mule there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been, I've been pretty lucky. I mean, I've had some, some pretty bad pack outs on my own. And like the first bull I ever killed, I, I packed it out on my own. And it was close to maybe five miles and, you know, not really knowing what I'm doing and it took me about two days and you know going back and forth and back and forth and then finally taking the head out i remember i could see the truck i was about 300 yards away and i sat down and i fell asleep and i woke up three hours later it was just like <laughs> a, a snap you know and i woke back up looked at my watch and it was getting dark and i was like holy crap I, I mean i was i was spent what about hunting with your wife i don't know that's I always 
gone pretty good, thankfully. Has <laughs> <laughs> she hunted her whole life? Yeah. 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 That For makes the a most. big difference. Yeah. It's like taking the child out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine why I argue with right you. She, she's always the one spotting game and and oh, telling Mor- me what to do. So Morgan does a lot of game spotting. Yeah. But she goes, "Yep, I got a muley buck," and I'm like, "All right, where is it at? Hang on, I gotta find it again." Because she looks at you as soon as she sees it. And then it's gone forever. I don't know how I can spot coyotes so good, but I always do. And it always causes us a big, gigantic fight <laughs> because Josh can't ever find them. And we, are, we never have a gun ready. So he just yells at me because I can't, I don't know how to describe how you see a coyote in the middle of a brush field where there's no trees. <laughs> so I am learning how to do that a little bit better to jo- save future arguments. Josh is quick to the temper, too. Nobody knows Josh here. Yeah, I get fired up. You only yeah, got so many seconds. I need to know where it's at now. <laughs> <laughs> the first coyote I ever spotted was we were riding horses, and he looked at me, and I was trying to follow every rule that he ever set because I wanted to, like, make sure that I wasn't the hindrance. It wasn't like we went over a set of rules. Yeah, no, but he looked at me, and he said... He definitely did. He said, do not talk. Don't say anything unless you see elk. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see elk, and I'll say something. Well, my horse is pretty aware of everything that's going on so her ears perked up and she looked over and I see what she sees and it's a coyote running up the trail beautiful coyote it was huge I this anyway is in Colorado, so yes no it's a coyote not a wolf <laughs> yes this is yes this is in Colorado so I in my mind I said that's not an elk I'm not going to say anything <laughs> so we wonder why these arguments start he going. stops <laughs> his horse and he's like coyote and I'm like I know, I watched it walk up the trail for a couple seconds and he was like trying to grab his gun out of the scabbard and it's so cold and it's like the leather scabbard's kind of- Frozen around the Yeah, gun. frozen. Yeah. Get yeah. off your horse and grab mine, my reins. You should have told me. Well, by <laughs> then the coyote's gone. I don't even know where it went. He's all mad because I didn't say anything. And I just looked at him and I said, well, you told me if it wasn't an elk to not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible teacher. Yeah, it's as like, a guide, you got you really got to go over that stuff at least. And then you feel bad say, going over Play the scenarios it. out for your hunters because they don't know. Sometimes I, you, you're like, man, I hate to tell this guy, but guns on the backpacks is something. We roll up on something and it's just going to be a missed opportunity. And, and you go over it and over it and you just keep talking about stuff. And then you, you let it, you don't say anything about it one day and then it ruins a chance. Well, just like Devin, if they would have had their guns on their backpack, yeah. that buck would have been gone. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. it's a beautiful buck. Yeah. It was nice to see animals this first week. Yeah. I asked Devin because he hunted a lot of the same spots, the, the old, old faithfuls. And I was like, I want to know your opinion from then to now because I think there's more animals now than what there's been. And I see an influx in them just a little bit, honestly. Maybe it's we're getting a little better bit better at hunting. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. Knowing the area more. Knowing the area, yeah. Nitpicking the area apart a little bit more, but still. Finding new spots, everything else. Everybody here. seems to be getting on elk like. That, that hasn't been happening in years past. No, I know this year you guys are doing way better just numbers-wise seeing stuff than three yeah. or four years ago. You talked to some people and, and you get like a week. 
Yeah. I mean, we'll it still anything. happens. There's, I mean, this week was terrible for hunting weather-wise. I mean, we fought weather for more than half the week, pretty much. Yeah. The last part of it, the last three, two and a half days were really good. Um, the muley rut seems to be some bucks are coming down and checking some does. We'll get it done this week, hopefully. We got another round of hunters, and everybody's wanting to get some of their stuff on Sunday done. So we're over and out. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.